Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. In this episode, we dive into some personality psychology and finding balance between order and chaos as a creative person. Just as with the last episode, you'll still notice a few issues with some of the recording quality on Riley's end. We've got those pretty much worked out by now, so come next episode, you'll find that it returns to the same quality you found in previous episodes. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you enjoy, and let's get to the show. So one of my uh, friends from my writing group, who I, I, I hope I can get her to come on the podcast soon, um, Haley, she is working on her book and she kind of came to realize this recently. And so, I, I, you know, I won't get into her story or anything, but essentially she kind of just said, I need to set a de- deadline for myself. Otherwise, it's really easy to just let days go by not writing. Right. Because you, you, you think that you're going to do it. And that's been my experience completely. And I think that that oh, yeah. is a very common experience for creative people too. And I think that's so, so I, I fed, spent a little bit of time learning about like some personality psychology and um, people who are high in trait openness, which is one of the big five uh, personality traits, according to the, the ocean model. Um, people who are high in trait openness are the ones that are the creative people, basically. And they're one of the things about open people is that they uh-huh. don't particularly like boundaries. They don't like structure. They don't like things that tie them down, that sort of thing. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have a personality trait called conscientiousness, um, which breaks down into two kind of sub traits, which are industriousness and orderliness. And industriousness is like your proclivity to to want to just engage in work and work really hard. My wife is really industrious. Yeah. I'm really so, not. I mean, can I pause you right <laughs> um, there? And then so there's orderliness. Those, including yeah, myself, me. I don't know the ocean model. Can you can you can you describe that a little bit more for our okay. listeners and for myself? Yeah, yeah. So so basically, you have your five your big five personality traits. Essentially, that all other personality traits kind of can be okay boiled down to these five, and then each of the five has the subtype. I won't right. know if I don't know if I'll be able to remember them all, but the five are um, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism okay and neuroticism sounds negative but it just means your proclivity towards experiencing negative emotion um that that's, that's all it's describing but the these five personality traits as i've learned have like i i learned about them and dove headfirst into learning about them because i found it so useful just to understand myself and and it's kind of what helped point me in the direction of Oh, not only am I doing this writing thing because I am maybe good at it, but also I think it actually oh, yeah. is essential for my personality, you know, like being high in openness. I I, I can, uh, there's an, a website, I'll have to find it and maybe I can link it in the show notes for anyone who's curious about their personality type. It's like a, um, a free test that you can take on like, I think okay. it's like openpsychmetrics.com right. or something like that. I'll find it and I'll link it in the show notes for anyone who wants to explore that and maybe learn a little bit more about their, their 
how their personality breaks down according to this model. And it's substantiated by a lot of data. Um, th th there's, you could learn about it yourself if you wanted to uh, Google it and, and research it. There's a lot of information there and there's, there's some things to be critical about the big five model, but I found it extremely useful right. and widely applicable in my life. Um, okay. Yeah. So back to conscientiousness, it uh, is kind of the, the predictor of the sort of people who like structure and who like, borders and yeah. like you know things to be orderly um kind of almost in yeah opposition to the open people right um you know i see that breakdown in my own personality i'm quite high in openness um and i'm quite low in conscientiousness so my natural tendency is towards oh, oh like let's just go with the flow let's just chill it'll be fine you know like like if, if me and you and jordan were to all the three of us were to go hang out or something and we had yeah. the whole day open to us nothing else you guys would be like what do you want to do and i'd be like i don't know whatever and like i, I genuinely mean that yeah. because i'm like i don't know let's just see what happens you know um but again probably what we'd find in that experience is like oh this would actually be really hard to figure out yeah what to do with you know like if, if we're not setting saying oh like why don't we spend the morning you know playing some music together and then we'll go get lunch and then in the afternoon we yeah, can right do xyz whatever we'd probably just kind of one or two things would happen we'd find something to do to occupy our time and it would be fun because it'd be by the seat of our pants and it'd be great or alternatively we'd end right. up wasting a whole bunch of time doing nothing yeah. fun because we wouldn't know what to do with our time um and and how that breaks down would probably depend on the type of people that you're around and your ability yeah. to just make decisions, I guess. But yeah, that's, that's totally me in a nutshell. Like my personality is like, I don't know, let's just figure it out as we go, but that doesn't always work. And particularly with writing, I thought, Oh, like I'll just explore this and discover it. And it's led to a lot of really great stuff that I'm proud of, but also I've realized along the way, as I've already said, like, I don't think that yeah. I would have ever finished writing the book at all or the other, one of the other pieces of work that I've written. Um, I actually have done some ghost writing too, and uh, don't think I would ever would have been able to do those meet those deadlines if I didn't have the ability to structure yeah, the story cool. and know where I was going with it. So I will say, um, personal note, that was your guys's openness. You, especially you and Jordan was something that, was so foreign to me because I grew up in the industrial conscientiousness. I grew up in that type of environment. I was very much, and I still, and I still have a part of me that's very much that way. And I loved hanging out with you guys because it was such, so different. You're just like, I don't know, just figure it out as we go. And I'm like, we don't have any, there's no plan. Like there's no, there's no plan. And it was this sense of freedom. But what I, what, as I'm talking and realizing it wasn't really necessarily a sense of freedom, but it was a relief for me from being so conscientious so often. It was this relief of that. And, and I will say also when collaborating with people, whether creatively, it doesn't really matter what it is, but music is my thing, right? It's my passion. But when I'm collaborating with other people creatively, that is in a time of relief well. And yeah. I don't know how else to really describe it, but that's the word that pops into my head is this relieving 
like, ah, this is a relief. Like, I don't have to be so managing. It's like, I can be open-handed and there's a beauty in that. And maybe me personally, in my life in general, I just need open-handed, but, uh, but not losing, but not being, not going to a point where I'm like, everything's open-handed towards the detriment. So, right. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. I can totally see why you'd experience that sense of relief at having that freedom and having access to to that sort of space, especially as someone who's highly conscientious, which it's probably you're someone who's normally like, okay, I got to work really hard and adhere to these structures in order to be productive, accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. I would guess that you're probably very goal oriented, right? Oh yeah. 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 Um, I, it's so funny. People are how, how people get made up. Their personalities is so interesting. I'm so not that way. Um, I get, I I can be like, I get really excited about stuff like doing this podcast or when I'm writing, you know, I can, that that's when like, I almost crave the structure more because then it, it, I'm like, Oh, I know it enables me to keep doing this thing or whatever, you know, but most of the time, like on a given day, I have to remember like, Oh yeah, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm, you know, we've got the structure that I'm trying to pay attention to, you know? But or, but it really is, I can totally see why you'd have that sense of relief, that sense of like, like you're able to relax or something, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like being able, it's like you're having to have constant, not control, but mindfulness or like, it's not, it's not even the right word, but it's just like always being almost prepared. And then you get to a position like this podcast where like, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. Right. It's like, I don't know what your response is going to be. Right. And it's exhilarating for me, but also a little bit scary because I'm like, but there's like, we have a kind of a structure of how we're going to, what we want to start to talk about, but we don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. And so that is something that's, it kind of freak. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I, lo- I like it because I feel like I'm living on the edge almost. Well, and I mean, technically speaking, that's what you're doing. And I think that's, that's that, that thing I said earlier, you know, that living, um, on the border of order and chaos, Yeah, you know, you're living in that, that space where you're like, I, you know, I've got one foot over here that's grounded very firmly. And like, this is what I know. This is what I can expect. This is, yeah, you know, these are all the, the things that I can kind of reliably count on. And then the other foot's over here and it's like, I don't my, my footing is not so firm over there. And that yeah. there is an element of anxiety, fear, you know, like what, what's going to happen next? I wouldn't really know. And, but, and that's, that's that flow space that we were talking about earlier. Right. Yeah. Because that's when you get like this, like focus, you know, you, you, you get zoned into what exactly you're doing almost on this moment by moment basis. And I think for me with writing, when I get into that, that writing zone, that, that flow state, one of the things that I experience is, is the sense of like, I, I, I've heard a word for it before, but I, I'll just describe it like losing my sense of time. Oh yeah. I, I, whenever I'm doing something creative, if I'm playing music (laughs) or if I'm writing, if I'm writing, especially because writing is so like, I'm sitting here holding my, my device typing on this keyboard. Like I'm super close to it. I'm so inward when I'm writing, you know, I have like no sense of time. The other night I was, I was working on a scene and my, was like, Hey, I'm going to go to bed. Uh, you can come up soon. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up and I'll be up in like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. And then like 
30 minutes goes by and she's like, Hey, you coming? You said 10 minutes. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I did. Oh, <laughs> what time <laughs> is the it? time? Oh, <laughs> like, dude. I, 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 for, if you would ask me, like, stop me, don't look at the clock or anything and just tell me how much time has been, has, has gone by. I would have literally no idea. Right. I would have no way to, to tell you that. So, so that's really interesting. So I want to, I want to backtrack just a tiny bit back to you, you, you have, you described having your foot in order you know, like, Hey, I have it in a permanent planet in a place that I know like your skill or your, um, knowledge. And then you've got this other foot that's like in the unknown and you, and you don't know. And I think, and the word that came into me was balance mm. because if you're putting too much weight on one or the other, you're off balance and it, it almost becomes dysfunctional. Mm. That's how I see it. But if you're able to have balance in your life where you know, Hey, you know, I do have order and I have, or I have discipline or whatever that looks like for you, um, listeners. And then you've got your other foot over here that isn't in this, like, I, but I'm flexible. I can adjust and adapt when I, when it's, when it's needed and I'm not going to lose my mind. Right. Right. Yeah. It's this balancing act and like finding that perfect balance is different for everybody. Like for you, you're like, I need more structure for me. I'm like, I'm less. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's, that's kind of an interesting way of thinking about it. Right. Is like, everyone's like the, let's say the ideal is, is something approximating 50, 50, I need 50% order, 50% chaos. Sure. Somebody split right down the middle, right on. Yeah. Like, like, like no one's very few people are going to be that. Right. Some yeah. of us are tilted more one way or the other. You know. And so you can almost imagine that like you have to compensate more almost to like achieve that sort of balance that works for you a little bit. Yeah. Like if I'm the sort of person who's over here leaning fairly heavily into like that kind of open chaotic space, you know, like I probably have to lean a little bit harder onto the other side in order to achieve yep. something that looks like a balance. Right. You know, and, and, and vice versa. Um, that's yeah, really interesting. And I, I really think that the useful part of this ocean model and talking about it like this is figuring out both for your own life and, and creatively in particular is like how to optimize yourself in order to, I, and, and I would say it also depends on your goals. Like for me, one of my goals is to achieve a writing career, right? So if that's my goal, I know that I need the discipline in order to do it. If my goal is like, oh, this is just a hobby. And 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 it's it's a totally fair way of looking at it, by the way. If if you're a listener and you're like, well, I paint, but I don't really ever expect to sell any paintings or or really even, you know, show my work beyond just like my friends and family who care right. about me or whatever. Like that's totally valid. And maybe mm-hmm. this isn't as important other than for your creative process. But I know that for me, as someone who's like, hey, if I could, you know, earn earn some money off of my writing and, and kind of build a career around that. The way to do that is by finding a balance and it's by being able to enter into that creative space, but also be guided by, like I said before, these kind of signposts or these, uh, this map that's kind of pointing me in the right direction. And I don't know exactly everything that's going to happen along the way, but I know that, well, this is kind of more or less the road I need to follow in order to get to where I'm going. Yeah. That's really good. So I wanted, this came to my head also while you were speaking that for those listening, um, I just want to let you know there is hope 
if you're in a hopeless, feel like you're in a, in a place where you're stuck or where you feel hopeless. Um, I want to encourage you that you are adaptable and you are, and you can gain skills, you can gain knowledge to make yourself optimized and be, I mean, humans are so adaptable and being able to change, you know, to compensate for these areas. Like I'm really strong here, but I'm really, really weak here. You can learn, you can gain the abilities to build up those weak areas so that you become a well-rounded person, which I could have found a better word than well-rounded. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, I, but maybe, it's, maybe, it's, I, maybe it's something like balanced, right? Yeah. Balanced person. And you can have yeah. a really just like confident, fulfilling life. Yeah. And you know, that's one of the things that spending time studying this aspect of personality psychology, this ocean model that I keep bringing up and for me, it was it was really interesting because, uh, you know, setting maybe the topic of creativity aside for just a quick moment. One of the yeah. things about me that I realized is I'm like, a, I, I mentioned this earlier, I'm a really, really agreeable person. Agreeable people are, they're the sort of people that are often really compassionate and really uh, kind, really, you know, they kind of want everyone to just get along, kind of sing Kumbaya around the fire. But the downside to being extremely agreeable is that you can sometimes let yourself get stepped on, mm-hmm. you know, walked over like a doormat. Yeah. Um, I'm very conflict avoidant. And so sometimes I'll just like concede mm-hmm. instead of maybe standing up when I should be standing up for myself or, uh, you know, there's, there's moments where like, Oh, you know, actually you need to tell the truth and speak your mind here because that's important. And there's a real temptation for me to just not do that because you know, there's a lot of anxiety for me associated with being disagreeable. Um, but yeah, so I guess it just in terms of generally speaking, like you, you can learn these skills because that's all they are. Like they're skills that yeah. are innate to you or that aren't innate to you. And yeah. you have to figure out for me, I had, I realized, okay, where am I lacking? I'm not very conscientious and I'm very, very agreeable to the point where sometimes I'll just like, uh, because I'm afraid to say no to someone, for example, yeah, I won't set a boundary that I need to set yeah. in order to, you know, make sure that I can be here for my family or, or don't. Sometimes it's literally as simple as like, oh, I'm about to do something that I'm really uncomfortable doing. Nothing that's bad, but I'm just uncomfortable doing it, and I don't want to because, you know, whatever. But I'm doing it now because I'm too scared to say no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like that's a little silly, and I've realized that about myself and. I've had to do a lot of work and like for someone who's really disagreeable, that sounds crazy. It's like, if you don't want to do it, just don't do it. But if you're an agreeable person listening, you'll totally understand where I'm coming from, where you're like, oh my gosh, like the idea of just telling someone no without giving them an excuse. Yeah. (laughs) It's like terrifying. I remember I, (laughs) I would be on the phone with friends who are inviting me to do things like this is like middle school. They're like, oh, you know, we're going to go do this event or whatever do you want to come oh i have to ask my mom that was always like my line right and then i would go to my mom and i'd be like you know holding my fan over the phone receiver <laughs> hey uh they want me to go to sing but can you tell me no <laughs> you know so i have an excuse <laughs> because i don't want to be seen as like oh i'm disappointing them or or have them perceive oh he doesn't want to hang out with us or right. something like that it's like if i can lay the blame elsewhere or have an excuse that's valid 
then I'm protecting myself and the other person from the disagreeable nature of saying no yeah. to something like that. Um, and it's so silly. And and like, again, going back to the purpose of this podcast, right, is creativity. Um, I had to learn kind of those aspects of my personality in order to come to the realization that, hey, if I want to live this creative life that I'm talking about, that I'm kind of have been desiring. Yeah then I need to take the steps necessary to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And that means learning to structure my time. You know, that yeah. means learning to structure my story. And, and to be honest, it's not exactly fun structuring no. the story, right? right. Like it's, it's there's a lot more just, it's very necessary. Yeah. But like for me, it's kind of a pain in the butt. <laughs> like oh, I can spend, I, I I'm on the sixth draft of this novel that I've been working on for five years. And, and, like that's a long time and and it's it's not that long honestly for a first novel that's i i'm I'm probably crazy and that i'm like trying to get this one published because i think there's something there that's that's worth publishing but what i've had to do is go back and all the all the fly by the seat of my pants parts that i wrote i had to figure out okay i gotta reconfigure this into a structured story yeah. now and, and it's so funny that last like one third of the story that that I actually let be guided by some semblance of structure. It hasn't had to undergo nearly as many changes as that first, like 50 to 60%. Interesting. Yeah. yeah no. And save going forward, everything that I've writing going forward, I really want to be guided by more structure because I think that what I'm going to find is that, Hey, rather than taking five or six years to write a book, maybe I'll be able to write a good, in a, a good book, right? A, a story that works that that is satisfying to read maybe i'll be able to do that in you know the, the, maybe the next one will only take three years or maybe the one after that will only take two years yeah you know because i'm gonna get a better grasp on this structure and i think that'll really enable me and i think i'll have a lot of fun doing it too yeah you know because there i can there's still plenty of room to play and have that same joy and have that same fun yeah it's it's so good and yeah let's there's some cool things in there there's things in there that I want to pick out and I want to expand upon. Uh, so you were talking about how, you know, the structure part, it's not fun. And I'm sure a lot of people probably relate to that. And there's probably people who are like, but that's, I like that part. Like I actually enjoy the structure. I like when things, I know what, where things are supposed to go. And there's a, there's a part yeah. of me that desires that and likes that. Like, okay, I know how this is going to be set up. I know. Okay, cool. This is, it's like satisfying. There's something in me that's satisfied by that. But one thing that I've learned in my you know, short 33-year-old life on this planet is that if I do the things that are always enjoyable or feel good, if I'm chasing feelings, then I put myself in a really detrimental position as creatively and also um, just as just in life, because we were talking about cold showers, right? You, you you have you're putting yourself in this really uncomfortable position, and you're doing it intentionally, and it's you're not doing it for a for a good time feeling. You're like, yeah, I get you know, I feel good when when I do this. It's like I am intentionally putting myself in discomfort, so that way I am enabling myself. And doing what's actually best for me in this moment, even though I don't feel good about it. 
And I think a lot can be said to many aspects of our life where, I mean, you pick it, dude, and like clean, clean the dishes or whatever. It's like, it, no, I, you know, some people really like, I love cleaning house. I'm like, great for you. Like, that's, that's great. <laughs> you know, I'm good for you, but I'm not that person, but I force myself to do those things and it creates, you know, the discipline that it creates those, 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 uh, skill sets. And yeah, I think it's just as a, as a creative person, if you want to be balanced and well-rounded, you, you have to intentionally put yourself in discomfort and be okay in it because you're never really going to, to, to see your full potential if you don't. Yeah. I think there's really something to that. I, I forget there's some quote and everyone quotes it and probably misattributes it to everybody. But yeah. the, the, the quote is that life begins outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I, I think that that's something that's like deeply true. Oh, geez, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like for me, the, the uncomfortable thing to do in writing or just in life in general is to like discipline myself because I'm not the naturally I mentioned earlier, like I'm trying to work out and getting, you know, like some people just like, I love working out and great. You yeah. Know? I'm not one of those right. <laughs> where I have to like really like I, I have to rely on either a lot of discipline or feel really motivated to do it. Uh, and those things don't often don't occur. So it's like, you know, yeah. So I have to in or like make myself do that and get uncomfortable. But then you also though that discomfort speaks to the, the future benefits. Yes. Right. Um, with the cold showers, with working out, like we know that there are good long-term health benefits to doing those things and then they'll impact your life positively. And so that's why you undergo that. Yeah. Uh, um, it reminds me of in, in, uh, physics, the idea of entropy, right? right? That everything is like tends toward disorder and work has to be put into the system in order to decrease the disorder or increase order. Yeah. I think I'm getting that right. If you're a physics I, person and I'm butchering this, then correct me. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm pulling from my my very minimal knowledge of of physics, but yeah, like I think that's like the natural state of things is you know like if if you've got a sock drawer, right, and you organize it, you have to put work into that sock drawer, and it doesn't take very much to disorganize uh -huh. it, right, and to d d increase the right. disorder, um, increase that that level of chaos and you have to put that work in, in order to achieve that. It's, it's a really, I don't know, in my mind, it's like, Oh, it seems like it should be so simple, but it really is work. And I've, I've personally had to find a lot of joy in doing the work and like learn for myself, the value of discipline, the value of, you know, putting myself in those uncomfortable moments, because if I don't, then, you know, I'm just not going to get the benefit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you won't get the benefit in in your creative life and in your personal life. Like it's, yeah. It, and for us, it's it's hand in hand. Like my creative life should is really like my my personal life. Like they, I've, and that's what I've been realizing as we've been talking about this podcast and talking about living out creativity. And it's like, well, hold hold on. Like this is where they. they they rely on each other to be, to be yeah. balanced and to be op, you know, for us to be optimal. Um, another, one of the things to, to anybody who's a musician, uh, if you really want to get 
inspiration or like if you're getting stuck at a particular skill level with a certain instrument, try learning a new one. If you mm -hmm. ever reach like a, uh, you know, plateau and you're like, man, I don't feel like I can get any better at guitar or at drums, learn an instrument. It's crazy, but it, it really works. You learn a new instrument and it's like, you're pushing yourself to like try to learn the drums and it's like, it's different. And then it's, you're using, you know, your hands are doing different things at the same time. And you go back to playing, for my example, going back to playing guitar. And it was, I was, it, it helped push me into past that plateau into a, a, a new skill and area because I was learning another instrument. Wow. So I don't know how you can apply that. Yeah. I, I think that that probably carries over to a lot of other domains. Cause I can imagine, like, I mentioned doing some ghostwriting in the, oh, right, my right, main right. stuff is like an, an action type fantasy story, right? Like I, I love epic fantasy, magic dragons, all that stuff. And it's always like, you know, action, uh, like action oriented. Right. Yeah. So my, my bread and butter, the things that I like to write are and read, honestly, like yeah. action stories, fantasy stories that are all like, you know, exciting. Um, I had to, when I started trying to do the ghostwriting thing and I did it for about a year, pretty successfully, um, was able to, to earn a little bit of money doing that, which was fun. I, 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 one, one of the things about the, the reading market, the book market is that the vast majority of, of books out there are romance because the vast majority of readers out there want romance. It's a interesting thing. I don't know. I don't read romance. <laughs> I don't relate to that hundred percent, right. but that being said, um, yeah. So I had to learn to write romance and it was interesting kind of developing and learning that new skill set in order to, you know, accomplish that goal and learn that, you know, I, and it wasn't, I wasn't always fun. I didn't always right. enjoy it, you know, at a personal level, but I was like, okay, it's, it's the job. I yeah. got to do the job. And so I, you know, kind of using that discipline we we're talking about, right. I was able to actually accomplish the job and kind of learn those new skills, which I think also I was able to bring yep. those new skills into writing fantasy and yeah, stuff, sure you know, you and, and one of the things about, uh, writing just to keep it brief is that in order to kind of create a really realistic, well-rounded world that is, you know, grounded in reality and kind of reflects reality is that it kind of will have aspects of other genres other than just the one you're writing. And so it might have even just briefly like moments of romance or moments of horror or moments of, uh, I don't know, whatever other genres that you can think of off the top of your head, uh, drama. I don't know. Let's, moments of nonfiction. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the anyway i i found it valuable learning that and bringing that into you know trying to write what i'm writing and i i have a bit of a romance in the book that i'm writing it's it's very much not like if you read it and you're like that's romance you laugh at me right like it's not a yeah. romance really but it's it's like you know the inklings of something like that in there and, and i found it really valuable to have learned that skill set that was not innate to me, not something that I honestly would have ever picked. Yeah. Picked right. for myself unless it was like through the need of like, Hey, I'm, you know, trying to earn money off yeah. of this. So <laughs> it's amazing how um, it actually has been, has benefited you in your writing. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're a musician, learn a new instrument because that could, there, there may be things that you learn from that, that you can take back into your instrument of preference and yep. who knows it could absolutely. unlock something that yeah. could be cool.
So throughout this conversation, just thinking about, you know, how, how did we get from shower thoughts all the way here? I, you know, that's the fun part of these conversations, but I think that the major takeaway for me and that I'd hope maybe some of you listening can, can benefit from is figuring out as a creative person, like where you fit in this dichotomy of order and chaos as it relates to getting into the flow state. You know, I found personally for me that understanding that makes the flow state a little bit more accessible. It's easier almost to enter into because I understand kind of my own personal needs for that. And so maybe this conversation can help you kind of point, point you in that right direction, I suppose, or, or begin looking towards what that might look like for you. So that's, that, that'd be a takeaway yeah, for me. Yeah, so what the takeaways I got was, you know, like you were saying, the, the border of order and chaos and learning, learning the borders, like how they're needed. And, you know, limiting your options actually helps you, can help you greatly. I think that's really cool. Um, learn about the five traits, the ocean, the ocean traits. I don't remember what we call them. Yeah. So yeah. I really liked going over how, and, and, and as we were talking, I was realizing like doing this podcast was like my, it's, it's like finding that balance of like, Hey, we have some structure to what we're doing, but we're also have no idea where the conversation is going. And it's thrilling for me and it's exciting for me. And I, and I really enjoy that. Um, and yeah, just being able to put yourself in uncomfortable places or in comfortable positions in order to really just push you as a person, you know, whether creatively or not, you know, inside or outside creativity to be able to push yourself and achieve more than you ever thought possible. Those are the things that really stood out to me and really enjoyed about this conversation. Awesome, dude. Well, as always, thank you for, for having it and both to you, Riley, and to those of you listening, you know, hope you have enjoyed this conversation and hope you go from here Absolutely. and keep creating. keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Living Creativity Podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server, or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Keep creating.